Hi friends. This week we're going to be talking in depth about suicide, our experiences with it in our own lives and in culture and media. If this sounds like it might be triggering to you, you might want to tune out after the cold open and just meet up with us again next week. If that sounds fine, cool, we're glad to have you along on the journey. But we'll make sure to put some resources in our blog at jackvalgraves.com and on our Twitter, just in case. We love you. I'll tell you what I fucking miss, mm. right? Um, and conscious that I, I, I am always, 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 always so careful and so worried and so scared of being Abe Simpson, right? <laughs> Old man yells at You know what cloud. I mean? Old man yells at cloud. I fucking hate... All, it, all it's ever going to take is for one person to just tweet that meme at me and I will never talk about the past ever again, right? <laughs> oh, man. But I demand i demand a reinstatement of the mid 80s slash kind of early 90s trend in horror movies of fucking uh, name metal bands right right bands with name recognition writing songs specifically for horror films uh, which would then be played over the end credits because oh, it, it, yeah. it it used to happen a load in the eighties and it doesn't happen anymore and it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, I mean, uh, does this just uh, you know I don't know if this counts, but does Prince doing Batman count under that? Because I feel like that is the Jesus Christ. You, can you he... top that? <laughs> <laughs> well, he didn't have to go as hard as he did with that Batman did soundtrack. Yeah. He absolutely just fucking took it to the, the fucking Prince stratosphere. He did that. But what for I'm us. talking about, <laughs> he did. He did it for us, and and it resonates to this day. But what I'm talking about, and the I, I wanted to talk about this ever since uh, Dream Warriors by Dokken came on shuffle while I was fucking washing nice. up the other day, right? And I had a plate in my hand, and I was just fucking <laughs> washing the Dream Warriors. So good, right? And that. It, it, a, it's a fucking banger of a track, really right? Is, but that yeah. track, the the vibe of that track, it perfectly um, encapsulates the vibe of the film. Right. Perfectly, man. That creepy fucking guitar opening. It's so good. And I, I it, it, it gives me the feelings of the film. And I, I thought, hang on. Surely, though, I remember loads of other movies doing this. Oh, yeah, and that, absolutely. Which, Leads you to Pet Cemetery, right? Oh, man, I love that song. Oh, love God. that song so much. Um, that song is kind of mostly responsible for the for the ending of Pet Cemetery being one of the greatest endings mm. to a fucking horror movie ever. It's fucking amazing. So the Doctor, um, Doctor, what was his name? Creed? No, Creed was was the guy who lived opposite the road. Or that was Randall Jug Crandall. I don't know. But anyway, he's taken his fucking kid to the pet cemetery and brought him back and the kid has gone mental and the kid is uh, that, that amazing bit with the scalpel and he's just finished by, um, uh, you know, he's given him that overdose and he's... Uh, so he's taken his wife, he's taken Tasha Yar, right? He's taken Denise Crosby <laughs> to the pet cemetery. <laughs> and he's on his own in the house waiting for her to come back and you hear the fucking door opening behind him and she's dragging her foot. And she, she says, darling, and raises a scalpel and swings the scalpel down. We crash to black, and it's the fucking Ramones. So good. Iconic, in fact. I don't want to be buried. Right? The, re- the remake. <laughs> I am not going to make it through this with 
here <laughs> acting out these songs. I'm dying over here. It's it's iconic as fuck. It and the really remake, is. right? Yes, you're correct. The remake, the remake did like I've only seen the remake once. I, yeah. I think I quite enjoyed it, but mm. I I walked out laughing at the kind of um, pop cover yeah. version of the Ramones track they played at the end. Yeah, who was it? I feel like it was someone. Um, I tell you, it wasn't. It wasn't the Ramones, mate. Um, Put the Ramones in the pet cemetery, man. Bring them back. Let get them to fucking do it again. <laughs> oh, maybe not. Maybe it's an LA LA punk band behind the new cover of Pet Cemetery called Well Star Crawler. But yeah, it's not. It's not star, quite the same thing. Star Crawler. And you know, I note with some interest that you're wearing a Killer Clowns from Outer Space top. Oh, Dickies doing yes. the fucking. The- Clowns tune is so good. Oh my god, it's on so many of my playlists. I'll put it on like gym playlists, my Halloween playlists. It's just like on there so long ago. So good. (laughs) And even out with the movies, that uh, Killer Clowns tune is on plenty of my playlists. As is Dokken. Yeah, so good. Um. I think it's actually, it's got some really cool rhymes, that song. Someone look around, what do you see? Tell me what's become of humanity. Mm. Really good. Yeah, they really, really, really they're really poets. Rhymes. They absolutely are, horror poets. poets. So why, why isn't that happening anymore? Because um, it's fucking money, mate, is what it is. That is well, money as fuck. You know, also, they kind of, I feel like part of what may have killed this was then we get the trend a little later on of it being rap songs at the end yes. of and yes. like cheesy ass rap songs. So then okay, Shite. so you've got what you've got with Dream Warriors, but by uh the Dream Child Fat Boys. You have the most absurd rap song. Yeah. Like, you know, that that becomes a thing. Uh as my husband the likes to constantly boys. sing Adam's Adam Sandler, Adam's family. Uh yeah. you know, you've oh. got MC Hammer doing uh the Adam's family rap there. Um, yeah, everything yeah, yeah. had to have a rap song at the end of it. Terrible. And that's this is nothing against rap. This is against the nonsense mm. that they put out as rap at the end of horror movies for a while there. I don't know. Maybe that was like, that became uncool. Well, well, it is uncool, right? Particularly when you compare it to, you know, talking about Prince doing Batman, right? Right. ACDC did the fucking entire soundtrack for Maximum Overdrive, right? <laughs> they did a fucking wow. Batman and composed a fucking album, uh, Who Made Who, specifically for Maximum Overdrive. Wow. That's, yeah, wow. I did not know that. That's bananas. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, hate ACDC, incre- but still, I respect it. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm. I listen. I mean, I. I'm. I'm not a great fan, but the fact that they're Stephen King's favorite band, right? Yeah. And he got them to write. An entire fucking album for his for, for his, his fucking... little weird pet project. Woo! You know, God damn, Steve. <laughs> the um, you also get though, like when you get towards the end of the the nineties and beginning of the aughts too. I feel like they started like every soundtrack for everything, no matter what, was like mm. incredible. You'd buy like Huge. the Sabrina the Teenage Witch soundtrack. And you're like, this is amazing, yeah. or like the Pokemon yeah. soundtrack, and it'd be amazing. Um, And, like, they switched towards, instead of having, like, really on-the-nose kinds of songs, they would have, like, music videos. Like, for example, um, Disturbing Behavior. You remember that song by The Flies, Got You Where I Want You? No. 
you don't remember Got You Where I Want You? No, oh. I don't. I don't. Well, they would do the thing with that where it's like there would be clips of the the movie in the Aww. in the music video. So instead of like being on the nose with the lyrics, it was like your yeah. music video had right. Right, I fucking love this. Guns N' Roses did the same thing with mm. You Could Be Mine. It was in the fucking, the, the universe of Terminator 2. Right. Like, and they interact with the Terminator. That's yeah. Like, why, why would you not continue to do exactly. that? Like, there was so much of that stuff as well. Uh, so yeah. it's like they kind of, like, pivoted from the, like, okay, let's do a theme song that is exactly the plot of this movie. Yeah called the title of this movie towards like, all right, maybe we can make something that's a little more mainstream, but we'll just insert the movie yes. into it. Um, also, one of my favorites uh, was How Do I Deal from the I Still Know What You Did Last Summer soundtrack by okay. Jennifer Love Hewitt, who I was obsessed with when I was younger. <laughs> I had like a wall of Jennifer Love Hewitt. I'm not even kidding you. I that's was very obsessed cute. That is her. very cute. <laughs> yeah, so that was a banger. Um, it it feels as though here, here he comes again. A, a fucking Simpson soundtracks ain't what they were, mate. Right? Yeah. There was that strange fucking period where even mid tier, kind of you know blockbuster video fare right was getting ridiculously fucking premium high end soundtrack treatment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Spawn. 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 One of <laughs> my mom. One of the worst one. films. Yeah. Oh, what the soundtrack or the film? The movie. I think she had the okay. soundtrack too, but you know, it was like her kind of terrible. Ah, uh, the soundtrack was great. It was. It was legitimately great. I mean, I was fifteen. Sure. Maybe. You know, um, colors of the ones. Bit. Yes, but of, of the ones I continue to play, Spawn is is least among them. Um, I, I mentioned to you earlier on just the utterly unremarkable uh, action thriller Judgment Night with Emilio right. Estevez and Dennis Leary. But the fuck me, you listen to that soundtrack and it that ain't the fucking film. <laughs> that ain't the soundtrack to that film. That's a soundtrack to an entirely different film. Right. Proper high end bands who I fucking absolutely love and stuff that I still dig out from time to time now. Um, so to whoever's listening, sort your shit out, please. Yeah. And, you know, I always appreciate it when a movie does come around that. I mean, like, for example, okay, the Scream series, yes. you have a uh, red right hand in every single one, which I appreciate. You know, it's just like that is the theme of Scream, that Nick Cave song. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, Scream 4, the uh, final credits roll to uh, Something to Die For, I believe it's called. Um, and that is, oh God, that is such a jam. It's so good and it's perfect yeah. for the movie. And it was like, I walked out of it with that feeling of like, yeah, this is, yeah. this is what I need. When I leave yeah. a movie, I, it should have like a theme that I will forever yeah. connect to that Completely. movie. You know? Completely. It's yeah. a part of the fucking film exactly. itself. It's a part of the experience of the movie. And that's what that Dawkins track does. That's exactly what that Dickies track does. That's what the Ramones track does. It extends the film past the film. Yeah, exactly. So why would you not do that? Why would you stop doing that? I don't know. I don't... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it has to do with the music industry and whatnot as well and the way that we buy music and, and whatnot. Because they were always trying to, you know, this soundtrack out on Hollywood Records and things like mm. that. And they... Nobody's selling us CDs anymore. No. So what's the point? Why would you pay money to have a big name band perform something 
for an album no one will buy. Ah, oh, well, that's depressing as fuck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jack of all graves. It's Jack of all graves. <laughs> It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's Mark, it's Corey, and we're here with another absolute fucking classic episode of Jack of All Graves. Uh, run from it, hide from it, you cannot <laughs> deny it. We're out there. We're fucking all up in your life, and you wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> It's such a roller coaster to see where your thought process is going to go with these. No and I really idea. enjoy it every time. Good. I'm good. Because if you do, I do. Yeah. But no, I have no idea what I'm going to say at any point. It's been, it's <laughs> well, been, that's, I think that's abundantly clear. It's been 42 <laughs> years now. <laughs> <laughs> not about to start planning out such things no. now. No, sir. Absolutely not. Yeah. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Jackwell Graves. We are, we're here. We're... Glappy to see you all. Mm, it's um, been a and good. It's been a good week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, we uh, we have made some decisions this week, namely one decision about what we're gonna watch for yeah. our watch along. Well, no, you 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 all the, the Jack of All Graves universe, you helped make the decision for us and I'm delighted with how the fucking yeah. dominoes have fallen. I've never seen 13 ghosts. Um I like ghosts as a fucking genre, you know? But uh, yeah. I also have no idea about the film either. I've got no idea what to expect. I have I no yeah. clue what I'm in for. So, yep. Uh, uh this comes Which is exactly how I went into it when I watched it. There we go. I had no idea what this is about or like. So I think I think there's going to be, we've got a mix of people who either were like, oh my God, I loved this when it came out or this mm -hmm. terrified me when it came out and others who are like, I have not seen this. Perfect. So, Absolutely perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, 22nd of May. Yes. This coming and Saturday. Be, yeah. Mark, it's at 8 p.m. in your uh, time. Not 9 p.m. Well... Why not though? Why not nine? Rather than, rather than me changing my behaviour, why don't why don't you? <laughs> uh, just Maybe. casually sitting there, hanging out. Well, <laughs> the rest of us are like, where the fuck is Mark? Yeah, no, I've got it. It's locked in. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Yeah, yes. and that is three p.m. for my fellow East Coast brethren, and noon. For the Pacific people and whatever everywhere else, you'll have to Google it. Um, but I'm very stoked on this. It's going to be a really good time. Um, we talked about it in the Dead and Lovely hang the other day. So a few Dead and Lovelies are joining us. So if you're amongst those, hi, hello, hello, you're welcome. We got a great um, message from uh, a uh, Dead and Lovely hop on that we've gotten um, in our Facebook group. Yeah. Uh, who, you know, said he'd, he'd listened to four episodes and, and enjoyed them. And also that I had made him uh, scared of carbon monoxide, which is huh. great because also one of our most recent reviews came from another listener, um, I believe Ojex on Twitter, 
um, is his name, and he had said that we'd scared him about the ocean. So, yeah, we're doing a good job of terrifying people. I really enjoy that. Um, Just making you uneasy in your day-to-day life. Places where Mm -hmm. you should feel comfortable about, you know, pretty innocuous things. Water. The fucking Earth's surface, mate, is covered with loads of it. Um, But if, if we've made you just a little bit uneasy about that, I feel that we've done our job. I absolutely agree. If uh, if that's happened, feel free to leave us a note somewhere, especially in the uh, Apple podcast yep. store or whatever yep. the yep. hell yep. you call that. Um, yeah. You know, more reviews, the better. Uh, yep. And obviously you can tell we get a kick out of them and we'll likely read them out <laughs> on here. So, hey, if, it, if you're listening right now, uh, while you listen to the rest of this, um, fuck work. Take a second to go and uh, really? drop us some stars and tell us how we make you feel. Your job would replace you in a fucking, in a day. Fuck them. Goof off. But we would never. (laughs) No. (laughs) We value you. Goof off. Listen to Joag. Um, I love the idea that maybe um, people are talking to their therapists about about us. That would be good. (laughs) I I didn't realize. Someone's got a brand new phobia to bring to the therapist. I I, I listen to this podcast and I'm close to death all the time everything is fucking (laughs) potentially lethal yes these are things that we should be talking to therapists about obviously Uh, but i don't need therapy because i have this (laughs) you keep saying but (laughs) for somebody who doesn't need therapy mark you keep fucking (laughs) me thinks Yeah. Also, um, in our Facebook group, I had posted something I saw elsewhere. Um, I think it might have been in a last podcast on the left group or something of that nature. But this woman had posted about, like, there is, and I guess you were saying you've never seen this before, but in um, medicine cabinets here, mm. a lot of times if, like, you have an old medicine cabinet, there's this slot in the back of it. And I, like, it's just one of those things, it's always annoyed me because when you're pushing your stuff back, there's, like, a bump usually that you can't push your stuff all the way back because of this weird slot with a little bump over it. And so I've always been like, why do they do this? Why do they build this into medicine cabinets? Um, And it turns out the reason for them was to dispose of razor blades. And this post was pointing out that like, the thing is they don't go anywhere. They don't like, there's not a box to catch them Mm. or like anything you can open up and remove them from. There's just razor blades in your walls. If you have one of these and it was like, you're, you know, someone was using it. Um, And so I pointed this out and then my dear mother commented, she's like, oh, yeah, like this one upstairs. And not only is there one in our upstairs bathroom, but is labeled razor blade disposal slot. But how is that? a You're not disposing of it. You're just masking them from view. (laughs) It's the prestige, mate. That's what it is. What do you think is fucking happening to all those razor blades? They're just elsewhere. Right, just dropping into some other dimension or something. Yeah, like... Narnia. All the fucking Narnia. There's fucking razor blades come from the sky again. Who the fuck is <laughs> ah, doing that? Where do these come from? Ah! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a really, it's a very weird thing. Because, yeah, that's mm. it's like febrezing an odor or something like that. It's just like, you know that doesn't, you're going to have to deal with that eventually, right? Or not. Or people have been living in this house since 1922. That's an excellent point. And there's just a bunch of razors in the wall. That's an excellent point. Um... I I can't remember who it was, but somebody posted a fucking horrific image to the Joag Facebook this week of like a like a homunculus 
doll of a of a woman made of buttons. Oh God, yeah. If that the was Etsy you, one. that's the yeah. If 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 if, you, if it was you who posted that, sincere thanks because it's fucking horrible. It's the most horrific thing I've ever seen. It reminded me of that of the story about the doctor who kept his fucking dead wife. Oh yeah. It kind of yep. looked like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was horrifying. Did we talk about that on here? I can't remember. I don't think we did. I don't think we did. Mm. We might have to return to that. I'll, I'll go back through the archives and make sure that wasn't a cold open. Because if it isn't, it should be a cold open. Because yeah, yeah, that's it an should. insane story. Can't remember. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. I can't remember where what led me on to that. But it was quite a tale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe it was someone in the Facebook. I'm not sure. Also today on the Facebook, someone <laughs> posted something from your college town. Abba. That horrified me to yeah. the core. It yep. was like, I have, I don't like street performers. This is no. one of my, not like someone like playing a guitar, like busking, but like people who like paint themselves silver yeah. or like in yeah. Hollywood, the people who dress like Chucky or Spider-Man or things like that. <sighs> Do not like it at all. It just, I have to like walk like mm. clear across the other side of the street when I see them. And so someone posted, I don't remember who it was, but they this posted- Oh, it was Carrie. Okay. Mm -hmm. Posted in our Facebook group this person, a very thin person in like a black bodysuit and like a a mask of, it was like bird-like almost. But yeah, it looked kind of like a Mary Lloyd to me. It did. It was like something in the vicinity of that. Um, and just walking around and kind of creeping at people quietly making no noise whatsoever except the like sort of clickety clackety of their like feet on the ground and it is oh there's something quite labyrinth it. about it like one of those fucking yeah yeah like the chili down the fire the gang yeah, guys yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it's oh it's heinous and yeah. so these are the things that you're missing if you're not in our facebook oh <laughs> such fun that and so much more besides uh, if yeah. if you're not a part of the Jack of All Graves Facebook group, then I don't know. You you ought to, and and do please bring uh, your own your own weirdness. Yeah, your razor blades and Mary Lloyds. Yeah, and button women, <laughs> button fucking <laughs> hollow button homunculus. <laughs> Every day's an adventure in there. Yeah, it is. Do you want to briefly chat about anything you might have watched this week? Oh right, yeah, 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 yeah. What have oh, you been boy. watching this week? So there was uh there was a book that came out 5 years ago or so called The Woman in the Window. Okay. Real just like a quick read thriller at the time I you know was like this is it's dumb but it's fast enough like it ends with one of my least favorite things in any thriller which is a villain monologue. I hate that to my oh, core. Oh really? Yeah, I, I cannot do the villain monologue. The person just, like, explains everything to, like... Especially, like, you know, um, what's the one that Emily Blunt was in the movie uh, of... Which is actually a great movie, much better than the book was. Uh, but where she's, like, the alcoholic and she sees the, like, train... Oh, Girl on the Train. Oh, Girl on the Train. It's yeah, that one about the Girl the on the Train. What's it called? Um... <laughs> <laughs> she's, a, she's a girl on a train. I can't for the life of me. <laughs> girl on the train. Um, that also ends in like a villain monologue. And it's like when you have like an uh, an unreliable female narrator, it's like there's always the person who did it 
who spends the end of it explaining how they did this and they're going to get away with it because you're an unreliable female narrator. Uh, and I hate that. So uh, Are you also talking about that... maybe Seven, the end of Seven? Because that's, that's an all-time fucking favorite scene of mine. Yeah, no, that's... I feel like that's different. You can pull off a villain monologue, I think. But it has to be... It has to be earned and it has to make sense for the character. The thing that I hate is when, like, they there's no way you could have known mm. the twists. You, there's oh. no way the story led you to I, this. Same, 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 same. Yeah. I absolutely and hate that. And so, thus, they have to explain it because it doesn't make sense with the rest of the yeah. story. Yeah, yep, yep. You yep. know, it, um, was, it wasn't the natural outcome of this story. My my wife Laura is a massive Agatha Christie fan, right? She loves <laughs> Agatha Christie. She's got a set of Agatha Christies all up on her on her on her wall. Um and for years was prodding me. Read an Agatha Christie, Mark, read one, you'll like them, read one, read and so I did. And I, I it was that long ago that I, I can't fucking remember what it was, but it was exactly what you just described. Right. They you know, it seemed as though they were laying she was laying this beautiful, intricate kind of mystery and all the mm-hmm. clues were there and who could it be, who could it be? And at the end it was some fucking somebody's cousin right. who had hitherto yeah, exactly. not even been just... mentioned. Yeah. This wasn't part of the story. There was Bullshit. no way that hmm. I could I could come to that conclusion. Hmm. Uh and so why did I just invest in these people for the rest of this yes. thing, you know? Uh so that's with the woman in the window it ends in a very stupid monologue and what i it's funny when i read my i reread my goodreads review of this from several years ago after uh-huh. i watched the movie and i was like oh it's the same problems it's just somehow more egregious in the movie mm. just absolutely unnatural script the most unnatural writing you can imagine so every single line sounds like bad regional theater coming out of their mouths like just everything is so clearly a line that there's no way to deliver it naturally Mm. so it's absurd through and through bad directing bad screenwriting it's not necessarily bad acting except when you're badly directed and you have nothing to work with Mm. what are you gonna do um and it's so weirdly over dramatic that it literally like i laughed out loud multiple oh, times when yeah, like things that. that were supposed to be extremely dramatic happened and yeah. i just i it was it was such a disaster and was supposed <sighs> to be oscar bait which is incredible like this you know three years ago when this was being made it was like oh this is gonna finally amy adams is gonna get her oscar and then you watch it and you're like what an absolute disaster it's like hard to explain i almost want people to watch it you know mm. like when you watch something that is just like so baffling to you yep and that you're like i need other people to see this it sounds like a similar experience that we had watching what was that fucking oh so subtle message movie about oh, uh yeah the um lucky lucky that's what it was called <laughs> where yeah, it's you like are... it has to be seen to believe. You think I'm exaggerating this. Yeah, yeah. I need you to see it yeah. to, like, really, really get into it. But I did watch a couple of docs this week as well that were pretty good. Watch? I watched. Um, they have one called Sons of Sam. Have you heard of that on Netflix? Mm, no. It's about this guy who dedicated his life to trying to prove that um, Son of Sam was connected to an actual, like, cult group um that also was connected to the manson family Mm. and that he didn't do all of the murders okay um 
And like David Berkowitz at least went along with it. You know, he may have just been bullshitting or whatever, but was like, yeah, I didn't do all of this alone uh this was you know there were other people he said he only shot some of the people Mm. whatnot it's a pretty it's a pretty good series you know and i think it doesn't netflix has been so bad with docs in the past several years because they just churn out whatever bullshit people put out um i felt this was really well made and doesn't necessarily you know the point isn't to sway you that he was right so much as to like explain this guy's obsession and you know talk about these various cult activities and whatnot that were in fact happening Mm. um, whether or not they were connected to to david berkowitz so that was a really interesting one i recommend it's like four episodes i think um and uh it's like the last the first netflix doc series i've finished in a long time Uh, and then i also yeah i also watched one um about uh it was called the the miami something band show band massacre the miami show band massacre um which is about uh these guys in northern ireland who were in like this very popular band um in the 70s you know height of the height of the troubles um and who were uh their van was blown up um and they like three of the members died um, and it was like this, you know, sort of big thing, but played off as this, as if this was like fringe terrorists who mm. did it. And as this has been uncovered, it was like clearly in collusion with the British. Um, and so it's sort of like them trying the like surviving members uh, moving from like their trust and being like, we're apolitical. Mm. Like, it's fine. People in uniform are here to protect us. It's all good to like realizing that they were not only like blown up by people in collusion with um, the British, but also that they were meant to be, if they hadn't survived, they were meant to be framed as like, you know, suicide bombers, uh-huh. essentially. Um, so it's well, the yeah, band, it's really the band was to be framed. The band. That's yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So really interesting. It's, I think it's called the Miami show band massacre on Netflix. Really recommend that one as well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's been documentaries to me this week as well. I've not had time oh. to catch. Well, I, I'm I'm gaming a lot at the minute. I'm playing a, whenever mm-hmm. I get downtime. I'm not re, I'm not reaching for movies at the moment. I'm reaching for games. Um, yeah. But I did finally get round. I don't know if it's within our our lane. I don't know. But I finally got round to watching. You cannot kill David Arquette. Um, oh, yes. Which I mean, is... we did talk about wrestling last week, so I feel yeah. Like that maybe that's counts. what it is. Yeah, it's it's part of our part of our remit. Um, just deals with. It, it can't be overstated, right? Just how badly David Arquette pissed off wrestling fans when he when <laughs> when he inserted, you know, when he was inserted into the WCW title picture way back in in the nineties. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was it people fucking took it fucking hard, that, <laughs> you know that that he would just cheapen the business and cheapen the sure. the you know the the entire enterprise just by fucking strutting in and winning quote unquote mm. winning a title. So he talks right. about uh, follows Arquette as he kind of dealt with that. His career is is on the skids. He talks mm-hmm. quite candidly about not having had a kind of a substantial acting role in a decade or more, um, and he decides he, that he wants to kind of finish off that chapter. He wants to go back and kind of make amends 
with mm. with wrestling fandom and wants to to earn his dues and actually get trained and and do it go back and do it properly as opposed to just being you know um a uh, uh, a kind of an outsider and interloper and it's it's really affecting it's really authentic it's really impactful yeah. uh and you get the impression of Arquette as just just a wide-eyed <laughs> maybe a little naive super yeah. enthusiastic super uh genuine about his passions and his loves while at the same time his loved ones and his friends just regarding him with, with a quizzical eyebrow again, David, why are you doing this? What? <laughs> why? Um, against all better advice from, you know, doctors and his family and, and even the people who are trying to train him. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really, really, really engaging. Really nice um, uh, couple hours. Uh, I mean, I've said before to you that, you know, I'm a huge David Arquette fan. And mm. when I saw that trailer years ago, I really felt like, you know, sort of connected with him in that sense, because yeah. that's very much like me, where I like have this like push towards doing something like that, that yeah. people would be like, why? Why? Yeah. Like, it's a bad idea. You shouldn't yeah. do it. But like feeling very wide eyed and like very much, you know, attracted to some concept of something that I'm like, that would be yeah. there's a magic in it for me. And I exactly. would love to be able to do that, you know, mm -hmm. and I tend to. You know, maybe because I'm not a bajillionaire or whatever, you know, or just or not a celebrity uh, who has a lot of backing to do these kinds of things. I tend to listen to people a little bit more and not do the stuff that's going to break me or whatever. Mm. Um, but I think in my like heart, I am David Arquette, and mm. I really connected a lot to you'd love it to him. Yeah, you'd if you can find it, you would absolutely love it. It's really yeah. you, you, the the picture you just described is exactly how he comes across. Yeah, so I just looked it uh, looked it up, and I can rent it. So cool. maybe I'll do that after the cast tonight. You know, Amazing. settle in. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's. Oh, what else? Did you have any other? You said you watched a few. Uh, I, I caught up on this week's Dark Side of the Ring again. I'm oh, right. very very wrestling based this week. <laughs> um, which you've been hyper focused this week? I have, games I have. and wrestling. Games and wrestling. Games and wrestling. Good God. And, and I'm and I'm spending the the first part of this cast talking about metal, fucking hell. <laughs> it's a very on brand week for me this week. Uh, yeah, I believe the other day when we started talking, one of the first things that you said was like, "My my voice is hoarse because I've been singing." Yeah, <laughs> belt. Uh, there's one of life's greatest pleasures is free and it's accessible to anyone and you can do it wherever and that is singing in the car fucking hell do i love singing in the car just crank it up Amen. and i don't give a fuck how i look to the guy who's waiting next to me you know at a, at a traffic light i just love i always kind of hope i make their day when i'm doing that yeah, you know? like, yeah, yeah 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 it's not even that i don't care how i look there's a part of me that's like no i know i look ridiculous mm. i know i'm really into this and i hope that makes that person's day i hope they go home and they say i saw this girl mm. just rocking out in her car <laughs> <laughs> and so... it puts a little smile on their face uh, this this will follow me until the day I die, right? But last summer, I was sat in my car uh, at, a, at a supermarket, at Tesco, right? And I'd put my shopping in the boot, and I was sat in the car just waiting to pull off, and there was a wasp in the car, right? <laughs> Uh, oh, no. And this wasp is buzzing around me, and it's it's like in my line of sight, and it's t you can it boink boink boink, it's tapping against my head, and I'm <laughs> I flail my arms around, and I shout "fuck off," flailing my <laughs> arms around, um, and after the I get the wasp out the window, and then I I, I see somebody about three cars down just because <laughs> they obviously didn't see the wasp, 
you're just... All, all they fucking saw was me just flailing my arms around and screaming in my car alone. <laughs> and I realized this was a, a very visual thing that he just did, so I'll, I'll post yeah. a clip of this on, the Kermit on arms. our social media. Uh, yeah. But yeah, big time Kermit <laughs> arms happening here. Um, yeah, that's incredible, to be yes. honest. Yep, good. It was, it was a good time. I mean, if you didn't get stung, it's a good time. Well, yeah, true. I've, and I never have, actually. 42 years, never stung by wasp, nor bee, nor hornet, nor anything. Never been stung. Well, that's because you're indoorsy. It is? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> yep, yeah. Thank you. Good for you. That's that one solved. So, listen, all Take right. Take us there. Uh, Jack of all graves. What we will do from time to time, as as long term listeners will know, I mean, the real horrors aren't fictional, you know, the real horrors aren't on screen. The real horrors aren't, you know, in, in a page of a book or the real horrors are actually the ones often that we deal with internally, you know, um, and I was reminded of that all too clearly today when, uh, you know, you get kind of your memories on this day thanks to whatever social media you're using facebook will do it google photos will do it so google photos showed me uh in my kitchen earlier on that six years ago tonight six years ago this very night i was with uh one of my absolute greatest friends mark llewellyn uh in alexandra palace in london and we were seeing prodigy mm. nice yes and it was it was fucking blinding it was an absolutely blinding gig uh, and a blinding night uh made all the more affecting to think back that that just a few years later in february 2019 keith flint hung himself hanged himself took his own life uh and it gets you thinking corrigan yeah i know we'd had conversations earlier in the week about um, the 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 picture of suicide in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I don't know. I thought it was. I felt as though it was something worth talking through this evening. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and we've talked before about you know the the public suicides and things like that. You know, mm. and, and from a maybe a little bit more removed uh, perspective on it, but I think we wanted to kind of look at more of the these the idea of why individuals do this and and one of the things that also came up was you know why these things can be catching right why it seems like sometimes it's not just one person but one person does it and then there's a huge spate of them and also just you know we have our own personal connections to the to this uh Mm. that all kind of came flooding back as we thought about this this week yeah uh i mean it's it's a topic which has touched my life. I mean, I'm the youngest of four brothers and my oldest brother, Stuart, took his own life uh, almost 11 years ago. Uh, and it does. It, I've heard it. I've heard I've heard the act of suicide described as like throwing a rock into water because the effects ripple outwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is indisputable. Community, family, work, uh, subsequent generations all get affected by that one act the effects ripple outwards um and there is 
so much to be discussed way more than we have the fucking hope of doing yeah. uh you know in the in the, in the 40 odd minutes available to us here uh i mean just as a as a, a kind of a snapshot of the picture in the uk i mean um in 2019 in england and wales at least the suicide rate uh was at its highest for two decades mm. um overwhelmingly in the uk it is male a male issue three quarters of all suicides in the uk in 2019 were men um and you know for men it is the highest cause of death it is the highest killer more than any disease more than any other factor um Mm. in men of a certain age bracket uh, suicide is the highest cause of death is the most common cause of death which is that's really staggering wild yeah, it's extremely staggering to think about. Yes. For that to be, I mean, that's a public health issue. You know, that's not when you're, that's killing more people than yeah. anything else. It is a, yeah, a it's, it's a, a social issue of an absolutely colossal mm-hmm. scale. Biggest killer of men under 45 is suicide. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, everyone obviously has their own thoughts on why that is. I mean, the chief executive of Samaritans. Uh, writing in 2018 um, blames for the most part toxic messaging around uh, men's well-being mm-hmm. um, uh, you know the the internal voice saying you you know you, you've not achieved enough uh, mm-hmm. your relationship is broken up uh, you know your 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 career isn't what it should be you're not earning as much as it should be it's a persuasive it's it's the kind of the internal voice of failure uh, right. in men. Yeah. Um, With no out, outlet for that. And I, I think of like, so you had told me about um, this situation in Bridgend in Wales. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. All right. So. Uh, uh, and that, that happened in, you know, between January 2007 and February 2009, uh, yep. where there was this rash of uh, suicides, specifically by hanging, of very young people. I mean, mm. you know, teenagers, they largely, you know, between, I think, at youngest, like, 13 um, and, you know, up to early 20s, these were happening. And the official yeah. total, um, you know, is 26. Yeah. yeah, but if you... I watched a, a documentary about this this weekend, and, like, if you ask people there it is much higher than that um Mm. and like you said there's ripples right so for example like in one family like a cousin had killed himself and then um a son had killed himself and then uh the dad killed himself because Mm. he was you know so uh, grief-stricken or i think it was the daughter who'd actually killed herself um and the dad was so grief-stricken that he took his own life as well um so these like ripples of things that they you know in this documentary they're like it's possibly up to like 99 people or something like that in that period of time by hanging. And in the decade before that, uh, suicides generally averaged about three a year. So it was like yeah. a huge leap. This isn't like a, you know, there there's something beyond this uh, simply being like, yeah, people, people do that. And among the things that I took out of this, this documentary um, was that the lack of access to, to any form of like mental health care or things mm. like that, even when people asked for it, 
mm. was not available. So like you're saying here with men, you know, dealing with all of these kinds of things. And this wasn't just men. This was, you know, there were girls who did this as well. But a lot of the cases of were of men going and being like they went to the hospital and was like, hey, um, I'm thinking about killing myself. I'm probably going to do it. And the hospital was like, oh, well, maybe come back Tuesday and we can see about getting you a referral after we do like an intake. Mm. And then they would go home and kill themselves because who's going to wait till next week to, you know, deal with this. And the cops kind of didn't do anything about it. The hospitals didn't do anything about it. And so this sense of like on all of that stuff with no place to go with those feelings mm. Um, seems like it's a huge contributing factor. You're quite right about uh, a, a lot. Lack of provision of, of adequate kind of facilities for care of, of complicated mm -hmm. uh, mental health issues was would certainly seem to have, have played a part in a lot in uh, a few of these cases. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I there's a fantastic article in the Guardian. Uh, dating back to the time two thousand, you know, in the in the, the mid noughties which talks in depth about the case, and you know, on on, on a few occasions, a few of the of, of the, the 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 victims, I guess, uh, had correspondence back from the health teams, just stating that there just isn't adequate provision in this in this NHS trust, so nothing mm -hmm. was done. Nothing was done. Um, then you've got, you've got peculiarities in how suicide is reported right mm. mm -hmm. um suicide clusters are well documented as occurring right suicide yeah. takes place in clusters often yeah. and a lot of um a lot of sociologists talk in depth about media being a massive contributing factor to suicidal ideology spreading. Yeah. Um, a sociologist by the name of David Phillips in the 70s, uh, you know, researched and talked in depth about copycat suicides. Um, mm -hmm. Suicide contagion is the term that he coined. Uh, did you come across, um, what was the name of the effect? The Werther effect? No, I don't believe so. Okie doke. So, um, Back in, uh, this goes way, way, way back to the 1700s, right? The German, uh, Goethe, the German uh, writer and philosopher, um, yeah. wrote a novel called The the Sorrows of Young Werther, right? Mm -hmm. um, it talks of the tale of a, 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 a man who kills himself after a, a relationship goes south, right? But immediately after its publication, there were reports of many, many young men in Germany dressing the same as the character from that novel and mm. killing themselves in the same way as that mm. novel, right? And it became coined as the Werther effect. Irresponsible reporting of suicide in many, many cases will lead in the area to a uplift in instances of suicide, often in the same yeah. manner. And, and, and very, very often in the same demographic, same kind of, same personality type as the right. original victim. Yeah, and this is what, you know, you see in the case with, with Bridgend that yes. the parents of a lot of these victims got, like, would go and say, you know, the news needs to 
back off of this because yeah. this is contributing to the fact that this keeps happening when you have this. Because also, like, you know, the news is trying to be like, oh, maybe there's like a, a death cult or something like that. You know, they're making suicide pacts and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, um, interestingly, oh, man, interestingly, uh, The Independent, right, a, a British newspaper, uh, and here's a headline I'm reading verbatim, a headline from the 27th of January, 2008. Bridgend deaths. Police warn of Bebo internet suicide cult. Good grief. You know what I mean? And for it those did. that don't know, uh, largely Americans would not have any idea what this is. Bebo is basically like UK MySpace, essentially. It was yeah, a social yeah, yeah. media site for that was largely, you know, young people, teens mm. on it at the at the time. It won't surprise you to learn that the independent was uh also one of the loudest voices shouting loud about our old friend momo ah yeah well there you go yeah they Funny love enough. a good internet panic huh they really do they really really do um yeah but i mean it's it's so well documented that irresponsible reporting of suicide leads to you know this 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 phenomenon of suicide contagion that the world health organization have actually drawn up uh, a kind of a, a guideline for what goes into mm. responsible reporting of suicide to try and limit uh the 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 potential of suicide contagion uh do you want to know I what mean, some even... of these important lines are go on go for it carry on uh yes i do want to know that but also you know as just in thinking about that that's still it doesn't it's not a why right like even if for some reason this happens this is a a phenomenon that we can see that still doesn't answer why why does this happen does it so i don't think the implication is that it will cause suicidal ideation in someone who isn't already considering right it mm-hmm. but it's almost giving it's almost it's it's yeah it's it's providing an example isn't it so to somebody who mm-hmm. might already be in a suicidal frame of mind right seeing seeing someone else who looks like you seeing someone else in the same mm-hmm. situation as you seeing somebody else with the same problems as you who's done it right you know, it, it's... I mean, this is in in the Bridge End documentary. There's actually there's a scene in which, you know, this family is sitting together and they are talking about that. They're trying to figure out, like, why? Mm. Why does this happen like this? And that's, you know, the, one of them is like sort of adamant that that's that's exactly, you know, what it is. And it's kind of like people people see it and then they're like, OK, well, yeah, now that I've now I see how like. Uh, it's just a how I can do it, you know, because they're yeah. trying to figure out, like, why does everyone hang themselves? Well, they see it. Yeah. I can do it that way, you know. And uh, so, yeah, I guess that's how I'll take I'll take my own life. Um, exactly this. I mean, this, but, this yeah. article in The Guardian is full, packed full of quotes from, uh, you know, from parents in the county. And so much responsibility has been placed on the media. So much mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the at least according to some of the parents in this article, the media has a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to necessarily cause suicidal ideation, I suppose, right? But also, 
when you have this many people compared to like a normal year, for mm. example, and who, you know, see this happening, and maybe it's a situational thing. Like now people, everyone knows someone and thus it's making people more depressed and therefore they're doing it too. But a lot of the folks, it's just, I mean, nobody left notes or anything like that, you know, so there's mm. no sense, you know, they're, they're, you're looking at people who they're like, they're just, they were With normal Brit- teenagers. They were sad like any other teenager, but... With Bridgend in particular, um, it does seem to have been overstated just how densely packed this cluster was, right? Mm-hmm. That's one mm-hmm. thing that that does that that screams out loud and clear. Um, mm. The media coverage was vast, and a lot of the coverage, whether intentionally or not, seems to have conflated the town of Bridgend mm-hmm. with the fucking county of Bridgend. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, Bridgend in and of itself is quite large. It's a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a county with lots of little townships around the centre of Bridgend. Right. Um, you know, but if you say all of these, this, this spike in suicides took place in the town of Bridgend, that is fucked. That sounds much more, yeah, yeah, um, horrifying. But you know, uh, a lot of them were uh, uh, kind of in surrounding towns like Porthcawl and mm-hmm. Betis and whatnot, and they're quite far apart. And when yeah. when you kind of zoom out. And look at the geography, you know, as it really is, as opposed to what, you know, American yeah. newspapers call it. Um, yeah. So, you know, it, it isn't as tightly packed and intense a cluster as you might be given to to thinking, right. reading the coverage. Sure. But on the other hand, yeah. Um, it was still a large uptick yeah, regardless, yeah. you know, yeah, compared yeah. to three a year. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at that, that many in that area is... Yeah, it's huge. I don't know. It's a... Uh, yeah, it's... I mean, definitely, I agree. The media is clearly uh, hugely to blame in, mm-hmm. in this stuff. It has a lot of culpability um, in in not causing it, but sort of giving a, a way. Yeah. Providing, providing a blueprint to yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's a quote-unquote successful example of publicizing, right. you know people like i said people in in similar circumstances in similar situations who've gone on to do it it's yeah it's it's copycat um just to go back to world health organization right these are some of the guidelines that it it recommends uh Mm. to which 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 constitute a responsible reporting of suicides to reduce the potential of copycat right so um avoiding language which sensationalizes or normalizes suicide Avoiding prominent placement and repetition of stories about suicide. Avoiding explicit descriptions of the methods used mm-hmm. in a completed suicide. Um, avoiding uh, providing detailed information about the site, the location of a suicide. Carefully worded headlines uh, and so on. You know what I mean? Just kind of just fucking thinking about what you're doing to not provide detailed and sensationalist yeah. accounts right uh so with that said i quote from the fucking sun the scum Ugh, oh boy uh they open a story quite a recent story actually 2017 about about the case they open it with a fucking picture of a tree uh where one of the victims hanged himself uh and it is peppered with sensationalist language. Right. 
something chilling began to happen. Right. As, uh, you know, <laughs> because the, 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 the Werther effect has an opposite, right? Something called mm-hmm. the, do, 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 the Papageno effect, right? Mm-hmm. And responsible reporting, which details kind of pathways to wellness, which details resources uh, that are available to help, which show recovery stories mm. as opposed to, you know, fatalities can right, have yeah. can have a beneficial effect in an area it can mm-hmm. reduce harm it can reduce stories uh, uh, instances of quote unquote successful suicide mm, interesting um, yeah yeah abs- it's fascinating stuff the psychology of this you know the sun this sun article tucks a helpline number away right at the very bottom of course right you know uh amongst some quite shocking detail of you know methods used and numbers and places right uh, i mean the world health organization the yeah, who right. also recommends strongly avoiding terms like committed suicide mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. it criminalizes the act you know it's right. it's language which to, which which criminalizes it even though uh suicide in in england particularly has never been a crime it is not a criminal act mm-hmm. um which is, you know, just one of the reasons why all recommendations say to steer away from that phrase, committed suicide. Right. The scum, it's peppered throughout that fucking article. Of course it is. Yeah. I mean, and it makes perfect sense. I think of like just being young and things like that, reading things like uh, of cutting or things like that. And that yes. puts the idea that like, why would I do that? You know, but then it's in my head from seeing it in something else or, mm. you know, the idea that you just, you see these kinds of things and it puts uh, a way, it gives you a means and you've got this description and there's something about, I mean, much like we look at anything and, you know, this is what this whole podcast is about, this sort of um, fascination there, right? Like, this, you know, and you've, you're reading something written like what the sun has written here. And it's like fascinating and like sexy and like kind of like there's an attraction to the way that they describe something terrible. And now, you know, me sitting here depressed and feeling like I have no way out and, you know, whatever has read something that at least... You know, I could go out in a way that's something. That's well, yeah, the, the gets me coverage. Yeah. Right. You know, this will give some form of meaning if I can go out like this. Yeah. Um, you said something that resonated with me in one of our earlier episodes when we talked about public suicides. Um, mm-hmm. That the point where you really have to worry is when somebody starts to plan as opposed to consider. Right. And. To someone vulnerable, to somebody in a, in a, you know, who's who's having suicidal ideation and who is thinking of it as a concept, seeing coverage, which, again, deals with quote unquote successes of suicide, that deals with where it was done, how it was done, you know, what kind of impact it's left, families grieving, people, you know, to to me, were I, if I were to try and put myself in that mindset, seeing that would be well, look. They've fucking done it. They didn't just plan. Why can't I? Why why can't I at least be successful at this? Right. That feels a, that feels like a logical leap for me. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it, in other kind of atrocities as well, it, you know, isn't it generally accepted as good practice 
uh, let's say when there's a mass shooting in the States, a lot of people, yeah. you know, you hear often, don't fucking show the name. Don't show right. them, you know, in cuffs being led to a car. Don't show right. their fucking, you know, don't give them the oxygen because yeah. contagion. Yeah, when you have a kid who's already, you know, it doesn't create a mass shooter per se to do that, but it gives yep. someone the sense that they can yes. do it. Yes. You know. That's it. You've put the, the you've put your finger on it there. It doesn't it doesn't generate these behaviors. That's social. That's economical. Right. That's personal. That's mental. But it shows you that other people are doing it and that it can be done. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. There's again, 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 there's there's so fucking so much more to this topic uh but what what i particularly am glad that, that we spoke of there is is this idea of contagion of ideas mm-hmm. you know contagion of ideology contagion of stuff like this can take it's it's almost viral mimetic kind of behavior it spreads mm-hmm. itself in those who are susceptible to it and that is deeply fascinating to me yeah absolutely and I don't know. I guess it's just with with all of this stuff. One of the things, you know, you you always see this like the narrative and you you see it in that documentary and anywhere else that this is talked about this idea of like, oh, it's like a selfish thing to do and oh, all of this kind of stuff even. and yeah, it, <laughs> and you know, I I get why people feel that way. They feel, you know, especially when you're family of someone, mm. right? And you feel you've been left behind, you know, you feel someone didn't think about you in in making this this decision Mm. um but i also feel like you know when we talk about it we just don't we don't think enough about all these factors that are social that are cultural all these Mm. kinds of things that that go into it that Mm. for one people tend to think that like oh it's really not going to affect anyone around me because i was useless to them or whatever anyway um i was a failure i what do they need me for they'll be better off without me yeah you're getting all these all this messaging um, like the stuff that you get from the media on top of like the kinds of things that drive su- suicidal ideation. Some are brain chemistry, some are, you know, depression, things like that. But some of it really is, it's the, it's your situation. And it's really hard to see outside of um, a bad situation. And this is just, the more you see of this, the more it looks like a great exit. Yeah, you know? particularly as again in the son's case when the articles fucking open with a shrine of candles right. and flowers and photos mm-hmm. yeah you know that's fucked up do you if you don't mind me asking and we can cut it if you don't want to but do you know why your brother chose this um uh, yeah i mean he... <sighs> stuart had a long a long-standing issue with with uh, with debt and with kind of petty crime, um, and uh, I don't know. I, I guess it was something that he couldn't see a any rational kind of way out of. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that's you know a thing that uh, also like it. That's so it's situational, but also you know what do you tell someone? Yeah, it it gets better. Like mm. we have to have something more for people than than that. Genuinely, right? After reading what I've read over the past couple of days about this, I I genuinely feel that such a lot could be done in in terms of responsible reporting, putting 
putting wellness pathways mm-hmm. front and center of any reporting and right. stories yeah. of those who look if i if i see somebody who's successfully killed themselves and i and and i'm in a in a, a kind of a um a bleak depressed place anyway and i see somebody who's done that way successfully okay fine that may well lead me that way my thoughts in that direction but what if there were there was equal focus placed on those who found a path to recovery and mm, mm-hmm. might that not might that not mm. have a similar effect on me might that not lead me to think well fuck that's you know? a really good point you know it's the <laughs> uh, it, there's no financial incentive for any publication to do that to lead None. with a story of that's the puff piece at the end of the news that you turn off or whatever after you've watched mm. all the all the suicides and the wars and the things like that. And yet, I mean, if that were where we placed focus, I think you're right. I think that absolutely could have a huge effect on mm. things because I think that's the thing is when when you see this, you are not seeing a way out, and you have no if as far as the news is concerned. No one has ever managed to not kill themselves, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. as far as you know, if you are depressed, that is, that's the way out, as opposed to seeing, like, if we were inundated with images constantly of people who went through terrible things and thought that they were going to end it and came out the other end mm. better for it. I what if that was the story? That yeah. It. Yeah, that would make a huge difference. There's just no incentive to to put that out there, but it should it should be the message. You're one hundred percent right. I find that, um, particularly on the the mass murder thing that we spoke about earlier on, I watch reporting very very closely these days. Uh, yeah. With with a, an eye to kind of how really how fucking responsible is the the angle that you're taking yeah. here. And it's interesting you pointed out, like, in those guidelines and whatnot, that, um, like, I have seen, I've noticed that a lot of articles now that do talk about something that is related to suicide or self-harm usually lead with information on um, resources instead of putting it in a line at the end. They usually, that's the, there's a little Mm. paragraph at the top that tells you, you know, where you can find resources for yourself. Yeah. so I'd be interested. Yeah, now I'm going to obviously pay a lot more attention to see then what does the content of that article look like or, mm. you know, that news story. How do they report this? Some of the other guidelines are around uh, taking care in reporting celebrity suicides. So any, mm-hmm. uh, you know, any notion of kind of fame or, or wealth or celebrity is to be trod around carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is something I'm going to be really looking closely at. I know I've said this already, but it really, really does fucking fascinate me. The concept of contagion of an idea. Right. That is infinitely interesting to me. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I mean, it's a terrifying thought. And yet in, you know, benign ways, this is what our what our lives are every single day. Like everything is contagion of ideas. We live in a meme time. Yeah. yeah. Um, You know, and and it's, and that's just being social too. Like we've been talking to each other every day for 
you know, <laughs> nine months or whatever, and Pretty we much, talk yeah. like each other. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. We pick up each other things. So, you know, it's not beyond, we start to think, we know we're, we're going to go with a thought or things like that. Uh, but on a much larger scale, so much is just sort of implanted into us from elsewhere. And if we're not aware of it, I mean, this is my thing in general with media literacy. If we're not aware that these things are being pressed into us from an angle and we're not picking that apart all mm. the time, then, yeah, we're very susceptible mm. to the very worst of ideas, you know, <laughs> whether that is an ideological issue like, you know, racism and anti-Semitism and things like that, or whether that is something like a mental health issue, whether that's mm. uh, fat phobia, whether that's whatever. <laughs> if we don't think about what's coming into our brains, then we're absolutely susceptible everything is a contagion everything i listen this is a hell of a segue um <laughs> but maybe i'm uh, maybe i'm seeding a future episode here but it's according to that fucking book on deep fake there's no need for me to swear in that sentence at all i don't know why that why i just swore there. <laughs> it, it just had no place that fucking book um no, i'm aware of it i'm aware of doing it, it sometimes at some sometimes i said why did you employ profanity there it, it just you cheapen profanity as a whole every time you do that. Um, yeah, so very convincing accounts in that book on deep fakes I read a couple of weeks back that what we just spoke about, mimetic kind of spread of disinformation is exactly what Russia did during the, the Trump election campaign. Right. Starting Facebook groups from, mm -hmm. you know, uh, um, you know, f uh, bot farms. Uh, yeah. Starting Facebook groups which would bring in disenfranchised you know right-wing voters and just spread misinformation spread it spread it yeah. spread it let them go on to do the same thing uh right. and, and, it, and it can it you know potentially destabilize nations yeah exactly it's like it's from the very small to the very huge if you have yep. no sense of how to filter Mm. what is coming in or that you should be filtering it right yep. i mean that's a large part of what happens with facebook and yep. and the spread of things like that is that you don't know you should be that's right. filtering it and like taking in content like the sun writing these titillating articles about mass suicide you know that you don't know that you're being led influenced by it if you're not thinking yeah thinking through what how this coverage is is put to you and so yeah it just looks like a solution if you're only taking it as at face value you know or it's only exciting or it's whatever but we don't gain a better understanding of why people kill themselves by reading and seeing a picture of a tree where someone did it you know that doesn't help me to understand this and it doesn't prevent me from mm. from doing it it's useless it's just it just sells paves hmm is there an answer here? Of course not. Of course not. No. Absolutely uh, not. But it's a you know it's something that hits home for for both of us. Um, you know I've known at this point in my life uh, probably nine or ten friends who have uh, taken their own lives at this point, and mm. you know uh, it's I get it absolutely get it but that it still always leaves questions i mean my friend stanton he left <laughs> it's bless him he left a a letter that was like 
nine pages long or something to be read at his funeral to try to okay, avoid no. any form of questions about All this. Right. Make sure nobody felt at fault. Make sure everyone understood. Like, listen, no, I reasoned this out. And this was like, this is why this was the choice for me. You know, like very, very much so. But at the end of the day, that still doesn't, doesn't tell me anything. You can go on and on and on. But uh. I'm still... I'm still going to be like, why? <laughs> you know? Hmm. Um, I applaud. It's almost the, the the amount of rationalization almost made it more confusing, oh, to be honest I see. with yeah, you. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, yeah. was, I was leading towards fair play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's a, you at least kind of think people don't, they don't know, or they haven't thought this through, or they're not coming at this. They're coming at this from a place of just such despair mm. that like they're not thinking rationally when someone then explains it extremely rationally it's almost mm. you know it, what do i do with that you knew what you knew we'd all be here listening to this mm. you know it's uh it's tough yeah it is it is and don't for a second think i'm exaggerating when i say that it's something i think of every day yeah yeah I know this. I mean, this is a thing that yeah, we've talked about we have, we have, we have. many times. Um, and I think that's an important thing to like it. To me, it's impor an important thing to get out there that it's been 11 years and this is still a thing that every single day yeah. is on your mind and sometimes, you know, is overwhelming. Um, Less less so than you know than than historically less so than in the, in the first few years <laughs> yeah. but yeah 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 like i said ripples ripples keep traveling ripples. outwards yeah so as we said you know to, to tag on the resources and whatnot we will have things um to link you to and whatnot if you are if this is a thing that you are struggling with thinking about and whatnot and and see as a a solution um you know hopefully this <laughs> this did not uh, point you in that direction. Oh, fuck you know? no. <laughs> you know, that this, hopefully, you know, we've presented this in a way that is not doing exactly the thing that we are criticizing the media for doing. Tell you what I'll do, right? I'll end on a joke, and it's not it's not in any way related to suicide, right? Just as a little... <laughs> it's like, ooh, okay. A little, a little palate cleanser here, right? Let's just okay, whip, do it all to one side. So, uh, ah, a joke. Ah, all right, okay. Um, okay. A conspiracy theorist, right? Mm -hmm. One day, a conspiracy theorist dies um, by just complete freak of circumstance. But it's, let's say it was a car accident. Uh, and there's a conspiracy theorist driving his car and gets into a crash and dies. The conspiracy theorist finds himself or herself um, <laughs> in heaven. Fucking hell. They wake up on a fucking cloud in heaven. This is insane. Uh, God walks over to this conspiracy theorist, sits down next to him and goes, I'm God. Uh, I'm afraid to say you are dead, but on the bright side, you've made it to heaven. And I am God. Is there anything you'd like to know? Is there anything you'd like to ask me? Because I'm God and I'll fucking answer any question you've got. The conspiracy theorist thinks to himself, right, hmm. Okay. Who killed JFK? Uh, God goes, well, interesting. It was actually Lee Harvey Oswald. And he was acting entirely alone. Conspiracy theorist goes, hmm. This goes up higher than I thought. 
That's good. Thank you. I thought. So I feel too. like I was the target audience for that joke. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> so hey, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging out with us, uh, mm. dear friends. And um, anything that we need to say before we go, Mark? I don't think so. Looking forward to seeing you all on Saturday. Yes. Get your tins on. Get your ghosts time. on. Yes, it will. It will. Yeah. Make sure you check week. out our link tree. If you haven't joined our discord yet, mm-hmm. um, you can find that in our our social medias everywhere so that you can join that oh, discord and be ready. And listen, if you, if, if you are listening, if you've stayed this long, do me a favor. If there are any horror film bangers I've missed, uh, soundtrack bangers, let me know because I'd love to put a, a playlist together. I'd love to put a Spotify playlist oh, yeah. together of 80s slash 90s uh, horror film title theme tune fucking bangers. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Please do let us know if you've yes. got any suggestions. So until uh, we find you again next week, yes. stay spooky, friends. Beauty bombs are so long ago. So good. Flop on every minute. No, no, no.